and welcome to View from the Pew. This is a podcast that discusses the Bible just from an everyday point of view. It's not always as boring as people like to think. There's drama. There's all kinds of things going on in the Bible. But most importantly, how does it relate to us today? What are our views? What are our thoughts on it? So, today with me are some of my church members. We have Sister Chatty. Praise the Lord. We have Sister Debbie D. Hello. And yours truly, Sister Sweet Pea. Now today, we are going to be discussing Exodus chapters 12 through 16. This is just kind of a very popular story that we have dealt with. Most people have heard Moses and part of the Red Sea. There's movies, all that kind of stuff about it. But we're going chapter by chapter just to kind of see how it relates to us in today's time. Now we know as far as today's time is concerned, there's some of everything going on. You got the pandemic, um, sicknesses, and all kinds of things. And it's really... A whole era of uncertainty and in a lot in a lot of ways you have people that are wanting answers they want to say uh, well what do we do how do we make it through because I know when I grew up they always said God will fix it um, they said that when you're sick and then God will heal you but people are still sick and I get healed what does the Bible say about that so that's gonna open up my first question what would your advice be considering what's going on i'll just give you a little rundown of this specific chapter the the 12th chapter this dealt with um i say a new beginning actually the first verse it mentioned it said quote for quote this shall be unto you the beginning of months and it went on said of the year so god was basically saying i don't care what you've been through before i don't care what's going on the turmoil we know the children of israel have been enslaved been going through hardship all of this stuff he said at this moment we're starting over what do you do? And oh, he also began to give them a breakdown of what to do. He said, now your enemy's going to do this. They're going to do that. And you're going to do this. And I'm going to give you a way so you can come out on top. I'm just paraphrasing now. I'm going to have time to go through the whole thing. But using this chapter, because I think it's a good, a good, simple way to kind of cover that. What would your advice be to someone that says, well, what, what does the Bible say about this now? How do we get out of this? What do you think? The... Um, the only way I can think of to get out of anything that's um, <laughs> this negative, I would say, would be to go to God. Because one thing about it, God was at the helm of this. He already knew that uh, what Pharaoh was going to do. Uh, but yet and still, he gave Moses what to do. He gave him, you know, when to do this. Um, what to say and of course he had already told Moses basically he's he's not gonna hearken and he even went so far as to say that he God was going to harden Pharaoh's heart now we know ultimately you know that's that say but the Lord he he's gonna he's gonna get we'll say the glory he's gonna get the honor due him and whether it's gonna be that you're going to be over there on that side going, rah, 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 Jesus, or rah, 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 God. Uh, it's going to be up to you. Uh, you know, or you're going to be on the other side. Right. You know, just wondering, oh, my God. Me. Now, what just hit us? Right. Right. But, you know, God has a plan. Right. And we can give him the glory and the honor that's doing. Or either we can sit over there and brood about right. why me. All you got obey God. That's gonna be the thing. And when things are not us don't seem to be going right as we put it, 
even though it could be according to God's plan, that just doesn't mean that everything's going to be a peachy key. Right. You know, and wonderful, smooth, and all of this. Right. Uh-uh. But if you know that you're in the plan of God, right. and he is on your side, all right, he's on your side, then everything is going to be all right. So you have got to, uh, even in days like today, go to God, whatever it is. See God about it first. About you, sister, Debbie D. So, I would say the same. I agree that uh, go to God. I mean, if you're wanting to get out of whatever is going on, even if it if it's a hardship, if it seems bad to you, there's a reason that God is allowing it to happen. So He will be the one to consult to get out of it. And even though He was delivering His people, as far as this chapter is concerned, it was the beginning of the Passover, and in order for Him to pass them over on that terrible night. They had to follow his instructions to the T as to how to be saved. So I would um, consider that when telling someone, you know, that God can get you out of anything, but you also have to be ready for how he tells you to get out of whatever the situation is. Now, they already been enslaved for Lord knows how long and then going through these hardships because Moses was trying to help them get free and then ended up backfiring to a degree on them. And then the Lord says, all right, I'm going to come through and deliver, be written in, in no uncertain terms, be ready to move. But then you have to get a sheep, hold them for so many days, fatten them up, make sure you 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 uh, burn them at the stake, so to speak, with the head and the feet attached, you know, and he said, leave nothing, basically leave, leave, leave nothing to waste. Or on this certain day, make sure you eat. No, nothing leaven just gonna take the leaven out of your house because if you eat it your soul should be cut off from that group of people like he was it was you know XOXO there was no other letters and people might not they I don't think they're prepared for that days like today you know they go oh lord get me out of Egypt and think that you won't you know just hold your hands up and he gonna pick you up like a little toddler but at some point you know when you get to adulthood in real life you have to work your way through situations and I'm sure that the Israelites probably were wondering well, why we got to kill the sheep and spread the blood what kind of stuff we spread the blood across the top of the door just past my door I'm not over there in Egypt what you doing down right. here Goshen anyway Right. but that's the, the Lord told them you know if that's not up there then you, you go I'm gonna touch your house too you know have this done and even even then before they got to that it was a number of instructions they had to follow to the T so I would say you know yeah God can get you out of every, anything but when you really want deliverance you got to be ready to do whatever it is that the Lord is requiring of you for him to deliver you as far as modern day times he's already paid the price so if he's paid the price and said now you have the opportunity to come to heaven it's a house that he prepared for you right then it's his house, his rules. So then he, you, you telling him, Lord, I want to go. I want to go up there where you are. And he's telling him, you have to dress this way. If he's telling him what they could and couldn't eat, right. how much more, you know, how what you drink, what you, you know, wear, right. how you act, what you say, how you speak, who you speak to. And then all of a sudden, you know, nowadays we think, well, I just want a deliverance. I didn't ask for all of that. But I would say, you know, look at the entire chapter he delivered them but look at what all they had to go through to get to deliverance and then the deliverance didn't come Mm -hmm. the next chapter either so per per se they were in the process of being delivered Mm -hmm. wow 
my question is, what do you think is significant about the first? Because the Lord seems to take a lot of importance with this. It wasn't just once. It continues. It continuously showed up up until this point. What do you think is significant about the first? I'm just curious. Your All right. Well, I'm, I tell you, I'm thinking about say you have you have prepared your ground, you've planted your seed, you've watered, you cultivated, and and tried to give us a worked up on getting out all those weeds so that you can have a great product there. And so now it's time to uh reap. Uh-huh. Of of, of you know say what you sow. It's time to reap. All right. So there's an expectancy there. And it's like, ooh, this is my first tomato. Now you know a lot of us that we 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 are not. Wow. Oh, I mean, uh, but oh, excited because this year, what I decided to do was plant me and I'm gonna have my own tomatoes. And so, and that is the first with that the cutest and and the, and the tomato it don't even make it. I mean, it's no more than about a quarter size. But you excited. You know, and, and, and and of course you realize <laughs> right. that the the other little crit or whatever they come in and you looking and, and seeing that part of the some other things some been eating on your plants, so you get this tomato and you excited. The first one, there's something special about the first one. Right. Now, let's go on with your children. Right. The first. I tell you, if don't nobody, if don't none of the rest of them get anything, the first one gets the special clothes. Folks is excited. Oh, this is my first grandchild. I mean, it's something about the first. And so God, God know that. Now, what are you really, what are you willing to give God? Now, he done already went first with you. He gave you your first breath. He then gave you your that, that first step. Cause believe me, it's a whole lot of children. They ain't never made the first step. He then already came through for you. With first, many firsts. Now, how many firsts are you willing to share with him? The first one. Probably shouldn't Ooh, tell well, that. Probably but, should. 
Right. <laughs> your first your first house. First time okay. owning a house, you know. Yes. The starter home. home. It's right. a lot of value first that's time placed home, on that homeowner. Your first mm -hmm. time, you know, this out of out of pull ups. I'm gonna say, you know, first time using the, the, the commode, it's a big deal. It's it should be for some people. That seems to be falling away. But my point <laughs> being, we'll work on that later. <laughs> um, there's a lot of value placed on the first everything. Mm -hmm. So, right. If it's that important to us, God wants our best. Like He don't want to let us keep what what's important to us. Then we, by default, we're right. giving Him something right. that's not as important to us. If right. He allowed them to keep the firstborn or the first whatever, you know, you grab oh this sheep look nice. This the firstborn. If He left it up to us mm -hmm. or them, whomever, we're gonna keep the first one because that's oh, the yes. first. And nothing special about the first, probably. But the mm -hmm. simple fact is, it was the first. They're going to keep that one. Right. You know, and it's like, well, let's, let's pick through the rest of them. Mm -hmm. You know, put them on a little assembly line, so to speak, and just do like a little sheep runway. <laughs> a sheep walk instead of the cat walk. <laughs> and see which one we're going to offer up. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the, the Lord knew ahead of time. He and, and especially in the Old Testament, the firstborn anything really was. You know, we don't put a whole lot of emphasis the way they did then but the first firstborn son anyway got the birthright and so on and so forth so i think it was even more emphasis on the firstborn everything because in the chapter with the passover he said he was coming for the firstborn of in the house and the cattle like the cows was getting too they were losing their firstborn so apparently that is special so, yeah he, he wanted what was most important the reason we place value on it i'm pretty sure is because our souls belong to god god is something to do with the firstborn it doesn't negate the rest of the chillings you know god's chillings place in his heart because if that's the case humankind would have been really doomed because adam and eve were the firstborn if it was just stopped at the firstborn uh -huh. you know but he wanted the best so that's why he asked for the firstborn wow this is really good i don't know about y'all out there in the airway plan but I just had my first ride to the revelation station between all this knowledge going on in here it was a lot of food for thought a lot of nuggets here so that's a good point a lot of good points like I said y'all basically covered it but I was thinking along the lines of what y'all was thinking it's just something about the first it's special um, when there's a litter of puppies and this is the family puppy they didn't had family dog they've had and they finally decide to mate or whatever and just go ahead to spread you know to say spread the love give everybody else an opportunity and you got this, oh, we're going to keep the first one. The rest of them, you know, whatever. Yes. And I'm thinking, it's something special. She was the oldest, and we kept. And so there's a lot of importance placed on the first. And as um, Mr. Debbie D was saying about how it's unspoken, it's by default. We want the best from God. We don't want him. If he gave us what we gave him, if, if we based it off uh, our carnality, the way we see, uh, consider love, and I mean that in society, millennials, it's not and really the ones before then it's not real love it's an exchange of benefits uh -huh. it's all right now I scratched your back i want you to scratch mine okay wait what do you mean you're gonna rub my back oh no you don't love me cancel culture you know that's stuff like that and i'm going wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute that's not love y'all putting the word l-o-v-e on it but that's not what that is so by those same standards that you say love is what if god treated you with that exact same love that you've given him exchange of benefits you don't pray to him except when you're about to fall you go oh jesus and that's the most he hears thank you so let him give you that breath like that you stay up on the floor in the corner you folks calling trying to figure out where you're at you in the corner flopping like a fish out of water and he goes oh my god i forgot to give you breath and then you come oh he goes oh that's right so 
that's what you do. You don't talk to him all day till you need him, and then you realize. So, what if God was one of us? That's right. So I'm thinking, by that same token, we expect the best, none other than the best from God, because He is the only, the supreme, not lowercase G, but capital G. Expected. I think yes, I remember hearing someone in my church say um, some years back that you have to know what you're getting into when you establish yourself as the giver because in today's society once you establish yourself as the giver it never seems to cross the recipient's mind to give back they just <laughs> expect you to continue giving and get upset should there be a break in giving or a pause in giving you have a legitimate reason as to why you're not giving and then there's all of a sudden there's a problem with you don't love me like you Come on, you don't like me. You yes. never liked me because you skipped a loaf of bread in their groceries. You're five dollars short in your monthly donations or whatever the case may be. She was like, "So know what you're getting into. You should be a giver. God loves right. a cheerful giver. He wasn't just saying to him. You know that's how you show forth love sometimes when you give. Sometimes tough love you might have to refrain. But uh, I." I think of that when we're talking about this because of course we expect it from God because he gave it without us asking to begin with it's right. like you created us so it's easy for the creation to be like well you created me you right. know it's like the children tell the parent I ain't asked to be here I'm here <laughs> right I didn't choose you well they didn't choose you either sweetie that goes both ways because trust you me you wouldn't have had a conversation if we all had a decision someone would never have to argue you would be happy and they would too but um that's kind of one of those things that you know you're used to being given to and now all of a sudden it never occurs to you almost that oh maybe i should give back to this person they're always giving i want them to feel what i feel when i receive no they look at you like where is my such and such you are late yes you know then god started putting pauses in our heartbeats which he does with people. I, I wonder if, you know, some think, well, oh, God. You know, because some of this is not all natural. Everybody going to the, the doctor with arrhythmias. Maybe you did something. You just got through having adultery. And all of a sudden, you you, you, had, you in A-field. A-field. Talking about you don't know what's going on. Well, maybe on God trying to tell you something. You going to the hospital and left yes. out the whole part where you was in somebody else's wife's house. Uh-oh. Well, right, God, ain't, he, he is the same. Like, he was smiting people down in the Old Testament. He did good to let you live. That was a warning shot. Jesus Christ. He started putting permanent pauses in between your heartbeat. Now you got a pacemaker because you, you could keep your hands off the man's wife. Yes, man. You living. Nah. That's it. But, yeah, he's still giving you. He's still giving you life. He's just right. slowing down the benefits. Like when you change insurance policies, you still got the same company, but you might not get the same coverage. Or you've been our patient for years company. by now. Right. It's only when you're a newcomer do you get the extra good stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, you've been 20 years? I'm sorry, we don't have to You've been there 20 years preparing for the benefits of the newcomers. <laughs> exactly. Man. Oh, look what God did for me. You're a young Christian. You don't know yet. <laughs> she knows. It comes with packages. Um, That's a really good, really good point that she made, which brings me to this next question. Now, um, in the 13th and 14th verse, I'll read it of the 14th chapter of Exodus. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Epic. Which he will show you today. For the Egyptians, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Woo! And then it says, 14th verse, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. With that being said, did, did, did they hold their peace? And before you answer that question, <laughs> that's an easy one. Before you answer that question, I'm thinking I'm, I'm gonna put this in there because he said to stand still. 
hold your peace. Like we just got through talking about, you doing part of what God says, not all of it. Did they technically do what he said? Because next thing you know, God told him to raise up his hands and they went across the Red Sea. So somebody could say, they fled. He said, stand still. But they took off, you know, between the water. Was that still technically? Can you talk about that? What do you think? So I'm just thinking about, you know, people that I know and they're... So, the scripture said about God told them that he will fight for them and to stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. In the next verses, they were walking through the Red Sea. Were they technically standing still? What did it mean by that? Was that still, he said God will see the salvation of the Lord? And we just mentioned about, yeah, we obey God to a certain point, but we're not doing it how he says. Is this technically right? or? I would say that they did do it because it's it's the context in which it was used. I think he was when he said stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So that three times fast. Um, <laughs> it was more or less like be in peace. I'm with you because if he parted the Red Sea, I wouldn't have asked questions. He got to start walking. Like right. why else would the waters be up on either side ordained. and we supposed to just stand here and die like I did he's I understand he said stand still but sometimes the Lord is talking about in the spiritual part you know stand still and it, it, when you're unsettled in your mind you, you're not at peace right. then yeah it's, it's not a stillness only when you're at peace is there stillness in the mind so they still saw the salvation of God when the Red Sea was parted now granted they had been grumbling and everything to begin with so he might have been telling them shut their mouths and just let me do my job let me work give me the opportunity to give you a way out so to me that was God's way of you know that now the world had not been created too long before this compared to where we are now so this is all new (laughs) they didn't have a bible to to lead and guide them this had never happened before that we know of so that was his nice way in my opinion that's his nice way of saying would you shut up and give me time (laughs) like you came this far like I'm gonna do all of this just to let you die at the edge of the sea just please be quiet just give me time you know when when somebody's working when somebody's working and they're they're headed towards a goal but this person is standing over their their shoulder saying are we there yet are we there yet or have you done this or have you done that you know you have to press this button and you should do this but they're in the process of doing it. That person's gonna get irritated and go, I, I know. Right. Give let me time. Me, I'm trying let to me work do for this. you. <laughs> right. That's that's kinda how I saw that exchange. You know, that they grumbling at Moses, you have brought us out here to die. Like Moses went through all of that to bring y'all to the river's edge and just stand there. Like he had stayed too. He at the front of this. So, you know, the 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 Lord, I feel like that was just the Lord's way of saying, just please be quiet and let me work. Mm-hmm. They don't call you Sister David E for nothing. I mean, you just, wow. Um, but we love you, though, in Jesus' name. That's a good point, though, um, like you mentioned about with the tribulations and everything. That brings you to this next question. We're, we're getting close to the end here. But how important is praise after the tribulation? And I say that because it says that Miriam, the 15th chapter, answered, Sing ye unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. And it said, um, They begin to sing and, and give God praise. And it said, um, Oh, the women went out with the timbrels and dance, and they all started after God delivered them. How important is praise after? We often focus on, oh, we've been through this, 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 but where does the praise part come in at? Because some people are, how in the world could you think you just came through? Blah, 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 blah. Just a quick answer. What do you, how, do you, how important do you think praise? I think, uh, uh, praise, well, I think praise is very important. 
Amen. And when you can just stop a little while and reflect mm. on what God has just done. Right, right. And I and we were made. God didn't make us man to go, you know, every morning he, he woe is me. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you? Cause you can find a lot. Oh my God, I didn't have time to bit, but clean up or pick up a few things here and there in the garden. But um, and I hate, I didn't, what I didn't get. Hmm, how about rejoicing about this, this God, this awesome God. But I tell you what he really loves. I mean, cause praise, he ain't gonna tell you, no, I, don't, I, I just don't, I can't stand praise today. Not, not unless you've been doing something you ain't got no business and you don't need to be, you need to be someplace in the corner somewhere going, help me, Lord, and that's, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, repenting. He, he don't want to be used to steady doing one bad thing after another. So, you know, he telling you thou should not, you steady going, oh, I'm going for it, I'm going for it all this time. You know, no matter what God said. No, no. He he wants he that praise. It but I tell you what was really good. If you can praise him before you go in. All right. Praise him anyhow. Amen. Prayer. There you go, because you already know. Like the three. All right. You don't do all right. He's able. He's able. Right. That's right. Praise is important. One of the things that stuck out with me of our conversations today was that yes, we can obey God, but we can't do it how we want to. Like we talked about with the manna from heaven and we can cover that, but how God gave them and told them what to do, and they was like, we're going to do it our other way and waste it. And then it, it stank and it had canker worms, and the man of God was not happy. We don't waste what God gives us. <laughs> with that being said, this has been a beautiful conversation. We thank you all so much for tuning in with us today. Feel free to email us at truelachurch at gmail.com or text your questions at 870-510-7655. On next week, if you want to follow along, we will be doing Exodus chapter 17 through 19. We will see you next week.